The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to another exciting evening of 1111 Talk Radio. I'm thrilled to have the topic that we have tonight with so many changes going on in the world and so many people feeling as if there is nothing but chaos surrounding them as, as different structures seem to crumble or seem to show their stuckness, it is time for us to now embrace new ways of living and being. There has to be a new thought form, a radical new alternative to business and personal contracts that are built on trust and respect. My guest tonight is Maureen McCarthy. She is the co-creator of the State of Grace document with her husband and partner, Zell Nelson. She's an international management consultant, senior executive coach, keynote speaker, and author of the upcoming book, The State of Grace Document. She is the founder and principal of Engaging the Soul at Work, and she's worked across the U.S., Canada, and Europe with numerous individuals, corporations, and organizations to create places where people actually look forward to going to work. Workplaces where everyone's knowledge, passions, and interests rise to the surface to create a stronger, more vibrant company. The State of Grace document is not just for organizations and corporations, however. It is something that can be brought into families, introduced to our children, into our friendships, into all aspects of our lives. So I'd like to welcome Maureen McCarthy to 1111 Talk Radio. Hello there. How are you, Maureen? I am amazingly well, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. This gift that you and your husband, Zell, has brought forward is really quite wonderful and most necessary at this time. It is a place that we all must go and, in a sense, something that should be a bit of common sense, but it's not. (laughs) You know, it seems like a lot of people don't get it till they hear it, and that's why it was so important for me to have you on, is so that people could grasp, number one, how important this is, number two, how easy it is if they'll allow the process and how they can access it through the work that you're doing. Tell me how this all began. Where did this come from? And I know we went into a little bit of this in your interview that appeared in the January-February 1111 magazine that's on the stands now. Mm -hmm. But tell a little bit about how this whole document came into being. Well, part of it is just looking at the fact that we've all grown up with these certain prescribed ways of what relationship looks like, what a new business looks like, what business partners look like. And we have those definitions, but we're all finding that the definitions don't necessarily fit us anymore, and we're not even sure that it is the definition when we're in it. We're just not sure why the relationship broke up or why the business partners split up or, you know, why things aren't fitting the way they used to, even though we're trying to, 
be in those roles like we've been taught to be in them. And what we noticed when Zell and I got together, which the first State of Grace document was created for our personal relationship, but in general we were sort of looking around and saying, you know, I really have a desire to be the architect of my own life. Like I don't know that it works anymore to fit into these predetermined definitions of relationship, whether it's at work or at home. Um, So what would it look like if we were to architect our own relationship and say, this is who we are, this is what we want to build, and not that it isn't like a growing, changing, evolving thing every minute of every day, but what is the foundation we want to put down in order to create something that works for everyone involved instead of us trying to fit something that's worked in the past but doesn't necessarily work anymore? And before you go any further, that's really important. It's actually a very conscious step because in most relationships, for instance, in personal ones, we tend to jump right in. Our hearts fall in love or Mm -hmm. we meet someone and for practical reasons we get together with them. And even in business relationships, sometimes people go after a job because they need a job or because it just happens to be the right job and it connects with some of the desires they want. But there's not an understanding or what you're talking about that takes place on a conscious level. Yes, exactly. We're, we're just, like even when I fall in love and then a year down the road like we're having troubles, it might be because I actually don't want to live with the person I'm madly in love with. I, you know, prefer to live on my own. And that person doesn't want that or we've never talked about that or maybe they do, but we don't know that the other one wants it. So we think we're supposed to do fall in love, get engaged, get married, have children. Like there's this whole path we've been told to take. And maybe the path, the way it was set out 100 years ago, doesn't work for me today. So how can I find someone in my life who actually wants to live a passionate relationship where we both have our own homes? Like, who knows? There could be a thousand different, you know, little bits like that that we figure out on our own, like what fits the people involved instead of saying, well, this relationship has to end. So it's interesting to see what can be created when you do it consciously. Absolutely. And so as you went through your experience with Zell and you came into this personal relationship, how did that uh, start to become this conscious way of being with each other and understanding each other? Well, I went through three personal experiences that really impacted me creating my half of the first State of Grace document. And one was that I, I actually have a fatal lung disease. I'm 43, but every six months they tell me I have about six months to live. And this was now 11 years ago. Um, but it was the year my doctor said, like, you're going to die. Like, there's nobody who's lived longer than this with this rare lung disease. So that was sort of a wake-up call of, you know, well, who do I want to be in this last time in my life? And then the second thing that happened in that same year is that I came out of my marriage of 10 years to my first husband, Bill, who is still one of my dearest, best friends. I absolutely adore him. And the whole thought of, like, the word divorce, which is sort of like, you know, we're in opposition, you go your way, I go mine, we're totally disconnected. Like, I never wanted to be fully disconnected from him. So we were looking at, you know, like, do-it-yourself divorce books because we didn't even want to go to an attorney. And one of the books on the back in big red letters said, do not show this book to your spouse. So in essence, if you've got good information, you have to keep it from your enemy. Mm. And I was fascinated by, you know, this now being 12 years ago, the fact that we were sort of you know, looking at a sea of stuff around divorce that said it was going to be difficult and painful and horrendous and bad for the children and all these stories that sort of came up about it. And now today you can find more things about how to gracefully come out of a relationship, but there really wasn't much available then. So that was another thing that sort of surprised me, that we had to be in opposition if we were going to get a divorce. 
Um, and the whole and our whole culture supported that idea. Well, and it, it supports it not only in the situation of divorce, but from the time we're children, we're raised to be very competitive or mm. hold on to our stuff or withhold right. information. Right. You're kind of taught that. Yeah, absolutely. And that when we're in pain or someone does something we don't like, that it's somehow justifiable to do something awful back to them. Like it's sort of bizarre the way we've kind of been indoctrinated to think exactly. that way. Exactly. And that, that it's expanded even on a global level. When we look at things that are going on in the world or how sure. wars occur, that's just a magnified view right. to show us where we are individually. Exactly. exactly. So as you were going through this divorce and you were settling the third through thing that, that experience. happened in that year, yeah, yes. was that I had gone into business a couple years before with my best friend and it didn't end well. And I felt more stereotypically divorced from her than I did from Bill. And it sort of surprised me because we'd worked together at another company for years and nothing had ever gone wrong and it was always easy and wonderful. And like you would never have expected, like when we created the business together, you you never would have believed that we'd be the two that were, you know, not speaking to each other for three years afterwards. She wouldn't talk to me after I left the company. And it was really incredibly painful. So all of this is going on within the same year. And I, when I left my marriage, it, it's the year I was going to die. I wasn't intending to ever meet anyone else or be with anyone else. So I had no visions of that. So when Zell came into my life, it was a total surprise. And, you know, we started this sort of relationship together and, and you know, having dinner and things like that, and, and it started growing into something bigger. And um, it was a realization. Actually, one thing that happened about, I don't know, a month or so into our – no, it was actually on our second date that this happened. We had gone out to dinner, and he said to me, I just need to tell you right now, that I've recently lost the love of my life. She was a woman who moved back to Sweden, and I was absolutely, you know, heartbroken. And I just need you to know that you and I could, like, you know, get married and have 12 kids and be together for 50 years. But if she ever comes knocking on the door, just know that I'm gone, <laughs> which most women on their second date would be like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> this isn't what I want, because the old story says you have to measure up to this lifelong foreverness. Exactly, but, and and very rarely do you find someone that would be forthright enough to actually state the truth yes, of themselves I, to you. Exactly, which was really brilliant. And for me, I was like, well, is she here at, at the dinner table tonight? No, so I don't care. I'm going to be dead before she comes knocking at the door, <laughs> so I'm not really worried about it. So we both ended up, for various reasons, staying really present and in the moment with each other mm-hmm. because we didn't know about the future. I didn't have to measure him up against the future. In fact, if I had... I would never have chosen him. Like, there was no one around us thought we made a good pair. They couldn't understand why we were together. They never thought it would work. And yet, 11 years later, I am absolutely more madly in love with him and he with me than you can imagine. We spend 24 hours a day together. We own our business together. And it's not nearly enough time. It is so exciting, but so peaceful and easy. Like, it's just effortless. And I, you know, I like to think that it's the State of Grace document that we created that set us on that path. But... As Zell often says, we don't have a control group, Maureen and Zell, so we don't actually know. Sure. Um, but it's but, fascinating. But that degree of honesty and exactly. laying out a plan up front as opposed to jumping into it and having to figure it out along the way. Or to think we already know what the plan heard. is. Yes. We've been told what the plan is. This is what it's supposed to look like. And we don't know that. So after we had dated a couple of months, um, one night we had a great conversation about how our ultimate goal was actually to be in a state of grace with each other the rest of our lives. And that, you know, I never want to walk down the street and cross over because I see him coming, which I think we all have someone in our lives that, you know, something didn't go well and we'd rather avoid them. And I just knew that, you know, I had so much love in my heart for him that I never wanted that to happen. But I didn't want to 
personally, I'm not saying it's wrong for anyone else, but personally I didn't ever want to be legally married again because I didn't grasp the concept of having a judge who knows nothing about me ultimately make a decision about my whole life in a court someday if need be. Um, so that kind of like I wanted, I liked the idea of commitment and lifelong relationship, but actually having a government contract wasn't, didn't work for me. So I came home that night uh, after we had that conversation. I thought, okay, you know, we talk about being in a state of grace the rest of our lives, but what does that really look like? And I sat down and I wrote my half of what became the first state of grace document, which had five different components, which the document still has today. I presented it to Zell the next day and said, what do you think about this? This, you know, we say we want to be in a state of grace, but maybe this could actually make it happen. And he wrote his half, and then we went on to create them with the kids and family and friends and everyone. It's been amazing. Well, I will be very excited to get into those five components that you came up with when we return. I am with Maureen McCarthy today, who is the the co-author, co-founder of the State of Grace document. The State of Grace document is one of those foundational tools which is now being used in 50-plus countries around the world, both in business and personal settings. You can visit www.stateofgracedocument.com and download a concept paper and sample document. There's also a facilitator training that will be taking place in a few weeks that you can sign up for, or you can get connected to Maureen and Zell through this website, www.stateofgracedocument.com. We do have a feature in 1111 Magazine's January-February 2010 issue currently on the stands at Barnes & Noble, or you can subscribe at 1111mag.com. We'll be right back and discuss more of the State of Grace. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? 
Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. People spend more time at work than anywhere else. And when a person doesn't feel respected, honored, and appreciated in their work environment, it affects their personal life as well as the life and profit of the company. Strong profits being integral in the health of the organization. Their personal life can get affected because these relationships that are with their children, their spouses, their friends can also suffer very much in the same way. And oftentimes, unless we have guidance as to how to change that, we don't know what to do. Maureen McCarthy, co-author with her husband and partner, Zell, created the State of Grace document, which engages an organization on many levels because she transcends the hierarchy. Maureen shows every individual how to do the dance of leader and follower and gives them the tools to better balance people and profits. It's a radical new alternative to business and personal contracts built on trust and respect. So, Maureen, the State of Grace document, you went home after that second date and or, or after knowing Zell for a little while, and you came up with, you said, five components or your half mm-hmm of what began as the State of Grace document. Can you tell a little bit about what those are or Absolutely. what those mean in a relationship? Sure. Um, the five components are the story of us, interaction styles and warning signs, um, expectations, questions to return to peace, and a short and long-term time frame agreement. Now let me explain what those five are. The first part, and now knowing, too, that every State of Grace document that's written is personally written by the people involved in the relationship. So like Zell and I, there could be two people, there could be, you know, a thousand people and in a company. Each person is writing their portion of the document, mm-hmm. which we call the blueprint of me. So in essence, you know, if you and I were going to go into business tomorrow and you wrote your portion of the document, you would then hand me your blueprint. This is how you work. This is who you are. This, these are your non-negotiables. It's like giving you or giving me the manual of you, okay? And imagine how much easier things would be if we all were able to exchange manuals with one another before we started a relationship. Well, it seems, too, so often, um, unless someone takes the time to really sit and write that down, many of us may not even realize that those things about ourselves until we take that time. 
Yeah, that's very sit true. Down and discover it. Which is why people are also creating a state of grace document with themselves. So you know that relationship you have with that voice in your head that it can either spiral you down or totally inspire you? There's a relationship that goes on there, too. So you can actually write a document with yourself, which is Very a fascinating powerful. way to create your own internal health. So the story of us, the first component, is basically where you write down the story of why you're drawn to this person or these people or this situation. There's a billion people on the planet. Why do I choose Zell? Or if, if you and I are going to go into business, why you? Why does this particular business or opportunity draw me in? And the reason you capture the story of us is that Somewhere down the line, it can be really useful for you. Well, first of all, actually, if I wrote, write the story of us, if you and I are going to start a business, and I hand that to you, it's really um, inspiring for you to understand why I've chosen you in this situation. Like, that actually connects us more right from the beginning. But let's say down the road, say it's you know, a year down the road and things aren't going so well between us, I can go back and look at my document and say, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot why I was in this. Like, I absolutely love Simran, and this is what I want to be doing and reconnect with that. It might also tell me, wow, this was the reason we first got together, and a year later we've kind of completed what we had in mind, and we either need to kind of re-talk through or renegotiate who we want to be with one another to move forward, or we might decide that we want to be in a state of grace with, the rest, with each other the rest of our lives but not necessarily in this particular container of a relationship. So, so as we write this to. document and utilize it, it's not something that just gets written and then put away. Absolutely this is something not. that we refer back to to help growth continue, whether it is together as, as the relationship or whether it does mean it's a certain point to go exactly. separate ways. It's a living, breathing document that changes as you change. And the document that Zell and I wrote 11 years ago as our first one looks very different than the one we have today. You know, we in particular happened to, you know, pre draw it up on our anniversary and look at what have we learned and, and, and then say we get in an argument about something and the document that wasn't there to help us, what do we need to write in it for next time? So it is a living, changing document. Wonderful. Now, what about interaction styles and warning signs? What does that mean? The interaction styles and warning signs is going to be the bulk of the blueprint of me. So let me tell you what my interaction styles are. How do I prefer... You know, maybe it's that, um, you know, I don't like mornings, so don't try and get me to do anything in the morning before, you know, 11 a.m. because I need my coffee or whatever my particular styles are. Why not say those ahead of time so that we're not stepping on each other's toes trying to figure it out? The other thing that happens is our own mind will filter through somebody else's behavior based on our past experiences. So maybe when I get to work, I shut my door and I don't accept any calls and you had a boss who did that 10 years ago, and it completely triggers you and makes you afraid that something's wrong or that I'm angry about something, and I might be completely happy in my office with my door closed. It's just what I need to do, and I'd be fine if you came to knock on it, but if you don't know that and you're filtering it through your past experiences, then there's all kinds of stuff that our minds will go wild sort of taking into a path that may not be there. So let's set some of those out ahead of time. The warning signs, on the other hand, are the... We all have certain behaviors that we exhibit as we're getting a little into stress and then as we've literally gone over the cliff. Everybody's got them, okay? If you don't know your own, you know, ask your family. <laughs> they can usually tell you what you look like. Sure. So if that's the case, let me tell you, like, if we're going to start a business tomorrow and you've never seen me in a bad place, let me tell you what it looks like now. Here's me on my worst day when I'm totally stressed out. I show up this way. I do these things. Um, it's exactly what Del and I did in our first document, and I told him that throughout my whole life, every person I'd been in relationship with, at one point or another, when I'm really stressed out, I want to run. Like, get me the keys to the car and let me out. And 
telling him that then, two months later when he saw it happen, he didn't take it so personally. And he likes to call this section of the document the um, what to do in case of fire manual. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, it's me telling you, okay, this is what happens to me when I'm stressed out. And really importantly, this is what I need that I couldn't possibly ask for in the moment. Because in those times when we're really having a bad day, that's the last time we have an ability to really ask for what we need or sometimes to give ourselves what we need. So and how refreshing would that be if an employer on, in a job interview could ask that question yeah. and get the honest response back? Yeah. It, it seems like it would just curve away so many situations that would have erupted. Exactly. Best case scenario is you create your document at the beginning of the relationship because there's an ability to be more vulnerable when you've never seen each other in a bad place. But it doesn't mean that there aren't thousands of people around the world creating documents for relationships they've been in for, you know, 5, 10, 30 years. Um, but what I do suggest is that you, through whatever works for you, get yourself into a place where you feel like you're in a state of grace when you write it. Like you're not going to write it from an angry place because you have to be in that space to want to share that part of you. Sure, sure. So it does require being vulnerable and being open enough and being authentic enough to share the truth. Right, exactly. Now, what about as human beings, we have a lot of expectations. So we come in, we have assumptions so often when we enter, whether it's a job or whether it's a relationship. What do we do with all of that? The expectation section, and some people like to call this preferences, this is a couple of things. Some people are using State of Grace documents in lieu of legal contracts. And there are other people who feel like, okay, I like the concept of the State of Grace document because it gives me more to building the foundation of the relationship, but I'm not ready to release you know, the usefulness of a legal contract. So they'll literally take a legal contract and put it into their expectations section. We've had other people take their State of Grace document and actually make it an addendum to a legal contract. So literally, if it ever goes to a judge, the judge will read their State of Grace document as well. And we've heard of people who have done that part of it, sticking it in their document, but we we haven't heard of anybody who, you know, got it to a judge and what the judge said, because hopefully the very fact that they created the document means they're never going to have to get to that place. Exactly. It kept them from even getting to a place of that. Right. But the expectation section is a place to share what what is my vision of, if I'm going to go into business with you tomorrow, what is my vision of what this is? What are the definitions of what I think this is about? And we may decide, and people often say, well, what happens if you both write down your expectations and they don't meet up? Well, I would much prefer to know that before we began than a year into it when, we're, when it becomes an absolute mess. And what it does, by giving people that knowledge right at the beginning, I may, you and I might decide that there's some expectations that don't meet up. So we may, in a very you know, calm moment where we're very connected to our emotional intelligence, be able to say, well, how can we get those expectations met in another way? Or are we willing to move forward knowing that we're going to have this challenge, but we're going to have to deal with it along the way? You're just in a smarter place when you have this conversation ahead of time than when things get, you know, problematic down the road. And it's okay to be very unique individuals within the relationship. It doesn't mean we're trying to find the match to ourselves. It right. means that we're just trying to understand the other, the other person in a degree exactly. where we can bring ourselves to the table and they can bring themselves to the table. There's so much creativity that goes on. Like That's one of the things. I've done hundreds of documents now. We've helped people around the world create documents. And I watch how creating this space in your relationship with a document gives you more um, room for creativity because you're so much more resilient to the stuff that, you know, comes up. 
that you've got more space to just create something amazing than having to deal with or manage the stress on a regular basis. It's like sliding doors. One, you know, your life with and without are two very different things. It's really fascinating to watch. I am with Maureen McCarthy of the international consulting firm of Engaging the Soul at Work. She's also the co-creator of the State of Grace document with her business partner and husband, Zell Nelson. They work with corporations and communities, large and small. And realizing rather than fixing what is broken, she was drawn to pioneer new foundations that would build healthier individuals and groups from the start. The State of Grace document is one of those foundational tools which is now being used in 50-plus countries around the world, both in business and personal settings. You can find out more about the State of Grace document at www.stateofgracedocument.com. You can also find out about workshops and events and facilitator trainings that are going on, along with other products that you can purchase. Go to www.stateofgracedocument.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. You need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgical After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are 
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. The State of Grace document was co-created by Zell Nelson and Maureen McCarthy. This is a document that's being used all over the world, but in both personal and business settings. It started with five points that Maureen McCarthy brought to the table as her half of the State of Grace document many years ago, and that is the story of us, interaction styles and warning signs, expectations, questions to return to peace, short-term and long-term agreements. We have gone through the first three, and Maureen, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about questions to return to peace. That means that it is okay for conflict to arise. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, you know, haven't you read all those books of do these ten things and your life will be perfect? (laughs) I haven't met anyone whose life is perfect yet, so I'm not quite sure that works. So I'm going to have days where I trigger you and you trigger me, and I'm going to be stressed out, and I'm going to do things that I'm not so happy with myself about. But if that's the case, I want those times to be shorter, and I want them to be um, just little blips on the screen instead of something that totally pulls me down. And the visual I sort of like to think about it, and in fact, it's the reason why we came up with the word state of grace. Imagine Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers dancing. Like, they make it look so effortless and easy, like you could just get up and do it. That's what I want my relationships to be. I want them to be effortless. So I'm going to have times where I screw up but I want it to be over fast. I want to just move right through it. And so now, you know, Frizzell and I, I think the last time we had an argument might have been like a real argument, like maybe three years ago. Like we'll have little blips on the screen that are over in minutes instead of days or weeks or months. Um, so that's sort of where the questions to return to peace come back in. Because if you can sit down, so if, say again, you and I are going to go into business together tomorrow. If you and I sit down now and we say, if we could have the most amazing third-party mediator in the room on the day in the future when we're going to have a rough day. Who would that person be? What would they be saying? What would they ask us? What would they remind us of? So let me conjure up that image in my mind. It could be Martin Luther King or Buddha or, you know, whomever you decide, your grandmother. Um, In essence, what you're doing is pulling on your own emotional intelligence in a time when you're in a peaceful place. So then when, you know, somewhere down the road, you and I are having a rough day, we commit to, and this is part of um, the fifth component of a short and long-term time frame, we commit to a short-term time frame agreement of, say, three hours or three days where if I feel that knot in my stomach over something that's going on with us, I will go no longer than those three hours or 24 hours before I come to you and say, okay, I think we're, you know, like we're just feeling out of it right now. Can we use our state of grace document? We then both recommit to rereading the whole document, so let me reorient myself with me and with you and how we operate and what we need. And then we sit down and go over the questions that we wrote ahead of time when we were in a good place. So I'm able to access the best me in the times when that's hardest to do. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, Zell and I have been voraciously reading uh, neuroscience, brain science books over the past few years, trying to understand why this concept is working so well. Like, I didn't quite get what it was doing, and I'm understanding it better now. In essence, when, our, when we're in that fear mode, we're operating in the limbic system part of our brain, which is definitely about, you know, survival and fight or flight, and it reads fear really well. And then we also have this, you know, 
prefrontal cortex where all our emotional intelligence goes on. But when we're in total fear mode, we have no access or very little access to that prefrontal cortex because we're so stressed out. So that best me is inaccessible at the time I need it most. And so it, it doesn't, that part of our brain that is, is smarter than us <laughs> doesn't have the ability to say back to the limbic system, you know what, calm down, everything's okay, we're going to get through this. It just runs the same stories on autopilot over and over again. So, so this is almost like having our inner voice there when we need yes. it, when we're not able to access it. Exactly. And that's why it's so crucial to write it down. I could have a state of grace conversation with you, but two years from now, I don't have the access to that. So let me write down everything about me, about you, the questions that will get us back to a good place. We might decide at the end of answering all the questions that, you know, we're not going to be in business together anymore. This isn't about everything remaining status quo. It's about getting to the heart of what we both need and where we need to go from here and doing it in a graceful manner. So, Maureen, what are some of the questions that would be asked in this particular part of it? I mean, is it, a, right. is it about what am I afraid of? Is it about it, my fear? It could be about your fears. And there are some people who write, you know, five or ten questions because they know in this particular relationship, once they get rolling, they'll get it figured out. And there are other people who write a hundred questions because they want to hit all of their bases. And it doesn't mean you have to sit down and answer all hundred. Um, it just means they're there and accessible if they need them. So it could be questions like, um, what do I need to be saying to you that I haven't said? Which, if I'm angry at you in the moment, might come off like with a tone in my voice, and that might trigger you, and it might not sound right. But if it's question number seven on this you know, benign piece of paper that's sitting between us, and it just says, what do we need to say that we haven't been saying, then there's an ability to create the space for you to feel safe enough to answer that question. Well, and actually, when we're in a place of anger, we're not saying what we need to say. We're really reacting, and yes. other things are coming out that really, in a sense, have no relevance or more emotional. Exactly. Where, where deep down, the true emotion or the true words that need to be spoken are buried, and we yes. don't let them up. So this allows all of that to come up in a much more graceful way. Exactly, which gives us the chance to get out of the bad spot instead of making it worse. And that's why we also have a long-term time frame agreement. There's the short term of, if I've got the knot in my stomach, I'll come to you within a couple days, mm -hmm. and we agree to that time frame. And then the long-term agreement is, if the unimaginable happens, if something that we can't even predict happens between us, where the thought of going over this ridiculous document is so out of the question, then we commit to a long-term time frame of five years or 10 years or 25 years, that somewhere along the way, once we feel healed again, once we're in a new relationship, that will somehow close that circle. Because as we began teaching this concept around the world, the stories kept resurfacing that everyone has someone in their life that they ended, you know, in a struggle, and it still holds space in their body, and it becomes a filter through which they see other relationships, and it just taints things. So let me heal that, even if it's 10 years from now, sending you an email that says, hope you're well, I really appreciate it, all I learned from you. Like, you don't have to get back into relationship. You don't have to excuse whatever the person did but you close it out for your own healing. That's the only way to really move on and have a healthy relationship next. Well, and it seems like that brings in the element of forgiveness, at least for mm -hmm. the self, so that you can free yourself from whatever hold or that right. that, that situation may have had, which exactly. is so important for many people. Exactly. So when you came to Zell with these, this first half of the State of Grace document, mm -hmm. What was his perspective on it, you know, and, and what made him then go back and come up with his part? Well, he was fascinated that it was something that, like, no one had ever asked him to write down those things. And, you know, it is a, a great joy to have someone who wants to 
really see us and hear us. Like, we don't even need to be agreed with all the time, but to be understood is what most people are really looking for. So for someone to say to him, I really want to see you. I want you to tell me who you are and write it down so that it's meaningful to both of us. Um, he was really excited by that, and, you know, it was the next day that he had spent time and wrote his half, and then we merged the two together, and it became the one document, and, you know, now, like you said, it's being used in countries all around the world in every language you can imagine, and it translates, you know, crosses cultural boundaries and language boundaries. Like, it's just a simple enough structure that it can be used in any situations. Like, there are schools that use it, so instead of two boys on the playground you know, getting detention because they fight, they actually have to sit down and go over their classroom or their school state of grace document. Um, you know, families are using them, businesses, nonprofits, board of directors, uh, someone you're renting your house to somebody and you create a state of grace document. Literally anywhere there's a relationship, whether it's with yourself or with two people or with 2,000 people, if everybody's writing their portion, you then just sort of put them together like puzzle pieces. So if I work for a large corporation and we all have our state of grace document, imagine it kind of like Facebook. Say everybody puts their state of grace document, their portion, on the Internet or on a company's intranet. And then I now need to go do a project because things are changing so much in business. I now need to go work with seven people who aren't even in my country. Let me now combine my document with those other people. We've now got our team document for whatever project we're working on. And we start out with a much greater sense of who each person is and how we're really going to get this done instead of stepping on each other's toes trying to figure it out. That's absolutely wonderful. Did you ever think that what began in this personal relationship would turn into what it's turned into today? (laughs) And it was so long before. Like the only reason we started doing workshops and speaking about it was because people kept asking us, we, after we did our own document and then we did them with, you know, our kids were four and six when they did their first document. Um, then we started doing with, you know, family and friends. And then we made this choice in our business to no longer do legal contracts. I haven't done a legal contract in eight years. And we really thought, I mean, we have clients like, you know, governments and universities and big corporations who live and die by their contracts. And none of them have said, well, I'm sorry, we have to do a contract. We can't do business with you, which completely surprised me. But everybody who we've done documents with, goes on and does them with other people just because they see how, you know, how it changes things. And then it just started spreading in ways that I never could imagine. And it's fascinating to see that it's just something whose time has come. We, we move and change at a far different rate than our parents or grandparents. And if I've got to plug into all these different people, I could change jobs regularly. I, relationships change more often. If all that's going to happen, then if I know me and you know you, and then we exchange that information, we can do this dance with anybody, as long as we know and exchange that information. Well, and you said something very important that I'd like to bring up, because our children really are our future, and we can either choose to have them carry on our patterns and our wounds, Mm -hmm. or we can allow them to know a new way of life. And so for you to say that you utilize the State of Grace document with a four- and a Mm six-year-old, when we get back from the break, I'd love for you to talk about how the State of Grace document can be supported in our families and support our children in their growth in really creating a new world. I am with Maureen McCarthy, the co-author and co-founder of the State of Grace document with her husband, Zell Nelson, and his and business partner, Zell Nelson. This is a document that allows individuals to reach a radical new alternative, one that allows for respect, honor, grace, and 
of increased performance in a business that is built on trust and respect. You can find out more about Maureen McCarthy, Zell Nelson, and the State of Grace document at www.stateofgracedocument.com. There are also some facilitator trainings coming up and some additional materials that you can access on that website. We'll be right back with Maureen McCarthy and the State of Grace. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. My guest today is Maureen McCarthy, and we are discussing the State of Grace document that was co-created with her business partner and husband, Zell Nelson. We discussed a bit of the document, and in our last segment, you spoke about using this with your four- and six-year-old at the time they were those ages. And I really am intrigued by that because I think that we need to teach our children newer ways of being than perhaps we were taught. 
And so talk a little bit about how impactful the State of Grace document could be if we allowed children to start off with this type of, of philosophy or concept mm-hmm. in their lives. Well, if you imagine that it's a connection to your emotional intelligence or your higher self, why not have an individual at a young age make that connection earlier on? It's one of the things I deeply realized. My, my first son actually uh, was a candidate as a heart transplant, and he died before he received it. But because he was born premature, I, had a, I didn't actually get to hold him for two months after he was born. And it was this realization as I sat in the chair next to the isolette, he was in an ICU every day, that there was nothing as mother that I could do for him. The doctors and the nurses were the ones who kept him alive. And I realized after he died and then our daughter Kate and our son Kerrigan were born, that actually I don't really have any job as a parent except to help my kids hear that internal voice. That's my full job. They know, they will always know better than I do what they need, where they need to go, whether they need to do their homework or not, what time they need to go to bed. You'd be surprised how much that's all in them. And if you just build those pathways early on, I don't have to, you know, my daughter's 17. She could, you know, so many stories you hear about teenage nightmares and how it's so hard to have teenagers. My son's 15. It's so easy with them because they make their own smart choices. And I also know as a parent that I've given them the tools to handle the rough spots, when, like a state of grace document, when they occur. So, yes, they're going to do things that aren't the smartest thing in the world, but I know they have the tools to get through it on the back end so it doesn't become something that hinders them. So I don't need to constantly protect them. I just need to create space for them to hear that internal voice, which is what the document does, and to be able to use it as a tool down the road when they're having a rough time. Well, and that seems like it establishes a sense of trust with oneself because most people, you know, our root chakra is the one that seems to be the most imbalanced, particularly um, with fear being such a a charge for that root chakra and not having that sense of trust. And most of it comes from us feeling like we can't trust ourselves or trust what we believe because we're being taught or told by the bigger people something different. So that's hugely powerful for children, and I like the fact that uh, some schools are using it as well Mm -hmm. for for children to work things out. In going to the broader picture, globally, there are definitely shifts that are occurring. There are structures that are coming down, Mm -hmm. and it is time for new structures to be put in place. If we were to become a world that allowed the state of grace document to be the driving force rather than, let's say, the, the, the feeling behind legal documents. Right. How would the world change? What could that mean for all of us? I just think it holds space for people to show up as who they really are. And when I'm in that place and you're in that place and we're there together, there really is only one of us. So every time I have an opportunity to show up as my authentic self in a document with the people I work with, the people I live with, the people I'm in love with, then the world is a better place because there's more people living in that space. And that energy changes the world so much more dramatically than any frustration or anger or fear that I could be spinning around in my head. Um, And I think the more people that are doing documents, you just realize once you've done your first one, a lot of that information just gets copy and pasted into your next document. So it's not like you're spending, you know, days and hours every time you do a document. And some people are doing you know, video and artistry and drawings and all different. It doesn't have to be just words. So the more we're sharing that space, that beautiful space where we're both in this dance, then the world is a better place to be. It's certainly easier and more effortless, and we can be more creative and more resilient and spend less time in that fearful place. 
Well, and with us really moving more towards collaboration, that's kind of the energy that the world is taking us, whether we want to go or not, right. and getting rid of the separateness that we feel it does mean knowing ourselves better, and it does mean connecting to people in a way that we allow ourselves to know them better. So the State of Grace document really lets that authentic voice come out of both people right. so that collaborations will be more successful. And when we're collaborating, we have to be the architect of what we're collaborating on. We can't, you know, join the space of collaboration and try and fit all the old things in because, like you said, some are dying, some aren't working anymore, some don't fit. So jump into the space of collaboration and then be the architect of whatever it is you're going to do there because that's going to create the best space for you and the best you for the people around. Most definitely. Well, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you on today. I, I think this is an incredible document. I hope that uh, all of you will go to www.stateofgracedocument.com. There are workshops and events. There's some facilitator trainings coming up. And you can also download some quick and easy guides and documents for yourself to get started and at least thinking in this way. Uh, definitely utilize this with your kids. Think about how this can be utilized on your jobs. Think about how we can change the world. It is each of our responsibility to step forward and be a participant in our own life. And the first one we need to participate is with ourselves. So first and foremost, utilize a State of Grace document with yourself. Thank you, Maureen, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Is, are there any last Bye. words that you'd like to share with our listeners before you go? I just can't encourage people enough to find that space where they take the time to do this document. Um, it has created such a change in my life, and I watch people around the world dramatically shifting their relationships. And it do it because it's fun and it's exciting and it's wonderful to be in that space. Like, it's just one of the healthiest things I've ever done. The State of Grace document is a new way to build, sustain, and transition relationships with honor and grace. It takes into consideration each individual involved in the relationship, their personal preferences, their expectations, as well as the nature of the relationship, be it between colleagues, employee and manager, partners, husband and wife, landlord and tenant, client and supplier, or any other relationship situation that exists. Go to www.stateofgracedocument.com and connect with Maureen McCarthy and Zell Nelson and learn more about this wonderful new document that's being utilized in 50-plus countries around the world. Next week, my guest is Mirabai Davy. We're having a coffee table conversation, a very intimate look at what her life has been like, how she came into being a healer, and someone that supports instantaneous healings for many individuals, how she is bringing light onto the planet. So I hope you'll join me as we talk with Mirabai Davy on next week's show. Until then, go out and pick up a copy of 1111 Magazine at Barnes & Noble or come to our website, 1111mag.com, and help yourself be supported by a coaching tool that will allow you to move forward each issue on a particular theme to help you continually grow in your own personal development. I'm Simran Singh, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. We'll be right back.